You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. First and goal on the Packers, two end zone to our left. Garoppolo is under center in I formation. Snap, handoff, Jacobs, dances, forward, forward, touchdown Raiders! Jacobs had to dance in the pocket, but he got the motion going forward, and enough engine to get in the end zone, and the Raiders, on the first play of the fourth, take a 16-13 lead. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. And here we go, kicking off hour number three of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. We call it Studio Q. Of course, the show is being brought to you today by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. If you need some jewelry, you need to go see my guy Mordecai. does a good job with the hookup. Of course, he'll uh, get you the finest jewelry. Anyone who's anyone in, in and around town always goes and checks out the Jewelers of Las Vegas. Of course, they'll take care of you. You go and buy a ring, and maybe you need it sized. They'll size it on the spot for you. I mean, whatever, the, whatever you need. They'll make sure that they take care of customer services, their number one uh, desire to make sure that you leave that spot uh, super happy. And, of course, they'll take care of you to the furthest extent. So uh, shout-out to the Jewelers of Las Vegas uh, for f- sponsoring the show here on NSA Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. We're going to go inside the Raiders locker room and hear from Max Crosby in a quick minute, but let's go ahead and go out to the phone lines real quick and hear from Gangster Raider. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening? First of all, my best Raider memory at a game was the first time I took my sons to the game in Oakland. It was against Kansas City, and we was losing the whole first half, and it was raining the whole first half. Then right um at halftime, I think the sun came out, and then after the at the um the um second half opening kickoff, Jacoby Ford ran it back like ninety something yards for a touchdown, and then it just changed the whole spirit of the game. We ended up winning the game. And it was my son's first um. Um, ever Raider game, but especially there in, in Oakland, it was, so it was special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they got yeah. to meet the Raider Pirate. And my worst game was also the um, the 2016 Christmas game. I was actually doing security in the black hole. You had to show me your ticket to get into the black hole. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? So I'm so watching the game. I'm forgetting I'm doing security. So everybody and their mama was pretty much in the black hole because I'm just letting everybody in. You know what I'm saying? And it was like a party until Derek Carr went down. But anyway. That's neither here nor there. What I called to talk about, you said you talk about solutions. My solution is I think we need to put the offensive. We got the right players, but in the wrong positions. You know what I'm saying? Like okay. I think, I think um, Illuminor he doesn't need to be in the um, lineup. We need to replace Illuminor with um, the rookie Parham. I mean, last year's rookie Parham moved him over to yeah, yeah, no, yeah, Par, wasn't yeah Mumford? No, Parham. Okay, so part sixty-six. Okay, move him over to right tackle. And then um, James, keep him at center, and then move Parham over. You just mix it. Up. I'm, I'm probably getting the names missing, but they got the right, the wrong players in the wrong places. And, and to me, if they would move place like Parham, the right tackle, and um, I may be getting the names mixed up because I'm trying to. Yeah, it's all good. I know you got a lot of time, but they just need to mix the linemen up and put them in the right positions. And also, we don't have an identity because of um, the play call. I think. Us having a lack of identity is affecting the play calling, and when you don't have an like when you don't have an identity, you don't really know which way to go. So I think the lack of identity is affecting the play calling, and the play calling is bad. And I think even though we won the other day, I think we won in spite of McDaniel's, not because of McDaniel's. You know what I'm saying? Because I think you feel in the same way. Because I've been 
um, watching you on Locked In, and I, I see what you're saying without what, what you, I see what you're putting down without saying it. But I think you feel the same way I'm feeling that McDaniel's is not putting the team in the best position to play because it's like last week you had a rookie quarterback, and instead of using the running game, you had him without throw the ball 39 times, and just like when the, the play when Devontae Adams got hurt, that was first and ten. That should have been a run. You know what I'm saying? Then the next play was second and ten when um um when old boy fumbled um uh, ADC O'Connell AOC he fumbled. That should have been a run. If you run the ball one of those times, either Devontae doesn't get hurt or um old boy doesn't fumble the fall and we get the third down. We didn't even get the third down because they passed it the first two downs. The first time Devontae dropped it. Oh, he tried to reach back and get it. He got hurt. Second time, O'Connell fumbled it. We even get the third down. Even if we run the ball both times, and even if we lose two yards both times, at least we get the third and 14. At least we still have the ball. You understand what I'm saying? We win and inspire the coach. I know it's a long call, but that's all I want to say. Keep it game to y'all. Raiders, I'm gone. There he goes. There he goes. Thanks for the call. Definitely appreciate you. And yeah, as far as the offensive line, I think you mean uh, Dylan Parham. He's an inside guy, so he's either going to play left guard, center, or right guard. I can see – keeping him at left guard or moving him to right guard and putting Thayer Mumford, who also was a rookie last year, the seventh-round pick out of Ohio State, putting him at the right tackle position. Uh, and I think that he eventually will be that right tackle position. But I think for right now, since you only have a limited amount of guys to work with, it might make more sense to keep Parham at the left guard spot, keep Andre James at the center spot, and put Jermaine Illuminor at the uh, right guard spot and put Thayer Mumford out there. It might make more sense. Again, it might. I'm not – Carmen Brasillo, I'm not the offensive line coach, so I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying something's got to give with that offensive line. And, yeah, I mean, I spent all day yesterday talking about the defense and talked about it on the podcast, and I know some people are pushing back and saying that the defense isn't, isn't all that, and, I, and I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying that they're giving the Raiders chances to win. They've played five weeks, and there's only been one game that they've gotten blown out in. If that's the case, if your team keeps you close enough to, to, to striking range to win a game, that's all you need. And it's so funny because for years, and I mean years, even well before this radio station, well before I ever did a podcast, while I was just sitting at the at, at the spot, at the bar, talking, talking Raider football, it was like, man, if we only had a middle-of-the-pack defense, if we only had a middle-of-the-pack defense, man, this team could be really good. Well, guess what? Literally, the Raiders are a middle-of-the-pack defense right now as far as points they, they give up. The best team in the league is the 49ers. They're giving up 13 points a game. The worst team in the league is the Broncos, giving up 36 points a game. The Raiders are there at 22.8. They're literally right in the middle. And that's, that should be able to win you some games as long as you go out there and execute offensively. And that's my big issue is that the offense, which I thought was going to be a strength, is not. It's, it's just not a strength of the team, and a lot of it has to do with the trenches and the fact that the offensive line is not able to allow Jimmy G to open things up. And then he's turned the ball over a lot. Like you mentioned, you know, you, and even Aiden O'Connell put the ball on the ground, fumbled. If you turn the ball over, and the Raiders have turned the ball over a lot. They've turned it over, what, 11 times now? 11 turnovers to only, what, four that they've created, and three came last week <laughs> or Monday a couple of days ago. They can't turn the ball over that many times. Jimmy's got to protect the ball. That's the one thing that he's got to really get better at. Even his interception he had on Monday night, there was a wide-open Devontae Adams, and he threw it into coverage that just didn't make any sense. That was another wide Jimmy, right? Even the flea flicker that wasn't picked off. The flea flicker, he had, he had other guys open that would have been made more sense for him to throw it to, and he threw it in triple coverage. Just it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But real quick, I wanted to shout out to the Raiders' defense and what, what they've done especially in the secondary, and especially this last game against the Packers. I talked about it quite a bit that, 
you know, they were going into the game, going up against a team that liked to throw the ball down the down the field, and, and the Packers did. Jordan Love threw the ball down the field many times, and the Raiders' defense didn't flinch. They gave up that one big play to Christian Watson, and that was Marcus Epps' blown coverage. But the Raiders' defense has only allowed nine passes of 20-plus yards in 2023. That's tied for the fewest in the NFL this season. Again, think about that. They've only allowed nine passes of 20-plus yards in 2023, tied for the fewest in the NFL. They are tied with the Niners and the Browns. The Ravens are there at 10, and Atlanta's there at 10. The Ravens and the Browns, or the 49ers and the Browns, excuse me, you know has a really good defense. So you've got to give credit, again, to the secondary for being able to hold it down. Also, you've got to give credit to Max Crosby. I'll say Malcolm Koontz as well because he's out there performing, doing the best he can. He wasn't expected to be thrown into the mix as much as he has either. But they're able to get a little bit of pressure on the quarterback, which also helps the secondary on those large chunk plays. Also, one more little nugget for the secondary. Last season, the Raiders' defense allowed 242.9 passing yards per game. That's 29th-ranked average in the NFL. Through five games, and it's only five games, small sample size, in 2023, the Raiders are only allowing 197.2 passing yards per game to opposing offenses. That's 11th best in the NFL, 197.2. And what is encouraging about that is Jordan Love, under 200 yards passing. Justin Herbert, under 200 yards passing. That shows that they're at least making plays. So if, you know, there's a lot of criticism still, defense ain't this, defense ain't that. Look, you, you got to give them credit for, for what they've been able to do, and they've given the Raiders chances to win games. They haven't done it all the time. They haven't been able to pull it off, but the defense is not really the problem. It needs to be improved. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of room to grow. I, I don't want to get that twisted, even though people somehow think that I'm saying that they're, you know, the 85 Bears now. Definitely not saying that but they're giving the team a chance to win. And one of the main guys that is doing that is Max Crosby. He was named AFC, AFC Defensive Player of the Week this week for his performance that he had on, on Monday night against the Packers, and he was also caught up with in the locker room by uh, many members of the media. Here's that conversation. Coach Graham, you know, he's doing a, doing a great job, you know, leading us and uh, putting us in great positions. And, you know, we have a lot of guys that are, you know, that are bought in. So that's all you can ask for. You know, we're, I talked about it game, but – just getting, you know, more shots at goal and, uh, you know, continuously going after the ball and hunting the ball, uh, that's what it's all about. we got to play complementary football. You know, everybody's got to be tied in together, and I think, you know, it's a credit to all the leaders on, you know, this side of the ball with, you know, Spillane, Epps, Marcus Peters, all those guys. You know, everyone's on the same page, and we're just trying to look for ways to improve, you know, in every way we can. So um, I think people are seeing that, and we just got to keep, you know, going in the right direction. What about on the other side of the defensive line from you? Are you feeling that you're getting more help, for lack of a better term, from that side and more push? The guys are at the offensive line having to pay more attention there and giving you more opportunities per chance? Yeah, you know, I think everybody's stepping up. You know, you see Malcolm Coons, you know, you got to talk about him. The dude has been, he's been killing it. And you just see him coming into his own. Um, he's in his third year now and he's just starting to put it together. He's really rushing well. He's playing good against the run. Um, he's getting better, better, you know, every single day he steps in the building. So, you know, uh, I'm super proud of Malcolm. You know, there's, I can go on and on and on. But, you know, Adam Butler, John Jenkins, Jerry, um, you know, the whole crew, you know, everybody's getting better. Isaac Rochelle's coming in and getting good snaps. Uh, we just have to keep improving. You know, that's that's the goal every single day. And, uh, you know, as a D-line, you know, we're super tight-knit. And uh, I think that's, you know, directly, you know, translating out of the field. What's the energy been like seeing the, the team like Merrick got the turnover uh, a couple of weeks back and then the past week you saw Spillane and Amik be able to get some as well. So what, what's that feeling like in the defensive room just uh, kind of seeing that starting to come into fruition? You know, it's awesome. You know, 
this league, you know, everybody's good. So um, whoever wins the turnover battle, you know, typically wins the game. So, you know, that's something we focus on every single day. We, do, we drill it, we practice it, we do it in every single way. So, um, you know, finally starting to see more turnovers, but it's, you know, just the beginning. You know, we got to keep doing it um, at a high level, um, keep, you know, hunting the ball. And uh, that's how, you know, we're going to help the team win. So, uh, yeah, we just got to focus on the details and keep improving. People want to talk about the sacks, but you led the league in times for loss last year and you had four. When did things start to click to you as a, as a run defender? How important is that to you in your game? Um, it's very important. You know, I want to be the best, you know, complete player I can possibly be and be the best in the league at what I do. So uh, for me, you know, it's not just about rushing the pass. You know, that's the, you know, the sexy stat that everyone looks at. But, um, you know, that's obviously important. Um, but being the best complete player is, is my goal every single day. And, uh, you know, like I talked about before, you know, it's I feel like, you know, when I came in the league, everybody said they try to put me in a box and say he's a pass rush specialist and he's this and he's that. It's like for me, I want to be able to check every single box and some. And uh, every time I step out there, I, I'm, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder and a point to prove. So um, I'm just trying to improve in every single way I can and, you know, run and pass, you know, I have room for improvement. And that's uh you know, that's what I'm, you know, fine-tuning every single day. Thinking back, what was that an area you needed? Like, wh- early in your career, were you not as good against the run? And is that something you, that you focused on working on? Or was it just people making things up about you? I wouldn't say they're making it up. You know, there's, you know, there's, it's still, like, there's still room for improvement in every way of my, you know, every aspect of my game. And uh, that's my approach every day. You know, you never got it. Um, there's always more to do, um, always more to improve on. And uh, that's my that's my mindset every time I go out there. So, yeah, you know, early on in my career, I think, it, you know, I was a skinnier guy, um, typically, and I wasn't just, you know, setting the hard edges every single play. Like, I had that, you know, that style in my college game. Like, I, I had 19, I think 19 TFLs my last year in college. So it's like, I'm playing in the backfield, but back then I was a lot more unsound and uh, <laughs> trying to do too much sometimes. Um, and that's something I still, you know, got to improve on to just, you know, getting better and finding when to take my shots. And, uh, you know, every time I step out there, it's like, just taking it one play at a time, focus on the play and, uh, you know, where my feet are. You've been three consecutive games that you guys haven't allowed points in the final quarter of the game. How big is it for you and your unit to be in your best level at the end of games? Yeah, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, for for us as a defense, we talked about it. You know, coach you challenged us, you know, especially after the Buffalo game. Um, we want to be, you know, the reason why we win. Uh, we want to be able to, you know, keep people off, you know, keep offenses, you know, continuously guessing and, um, you know, keep them off the field and, and continuously getting stops and turnovers help. So, um, you know, we're on a mission. Uh, you know, I'm proud of these guys, but there's a ton of, you know, t- ton of room for growth and um, definitely have a lot of work to do, you know, moving forward. I know you've stated many times that you want to be the best. You want to go down as the best and all yeah. that. Like these, these awards along the way, I mean, I know it's not the biggest thing, but the Defensive Player of the Week, like there's those things you say, yep, there's another one, like you keep adding those up or they're just you know, whatever to you. Yeah, you know, of course, you know, that's my goal. You know, like you said, I want to be the best at what I do. Um, that's why I work the way I work. I want to win and, and be the best at, you know, on the planet at what I do. And uh, that's my goal every single day. So, yeah, you know, getting recognized for it's awesome, but um, I'm already moved way past it. You know, I heard about it the day before. My agent, you know, he told my girl, she told me immediately. So I was already, you know, I knew the news before anybody else. So, um, yeah, you know, it's awesome, but, um Every single day matters, and uh, all I'm focused on right now is, is New England. There's uh, Max Crosby in the Raiders locker room right there talking about being focused in on New England. That's the next team up, and, of course, everything that the Raiders defense is trying to do, and 
He said at the very beginning, Patrick Graham's putting him in good position to go out and make plays. And I, I do want to give Patrick Graham a lot of credit. I feel like we give him a lot of hell. Uh, we talk bad about him a lot of times and, and when the, the defense is struggling. So I think we need to give him his flowers when they're doing pretty well. And right now I do believe that the Raiders' defense is playing pretty well. And, hell, if the Raiders' offense was, was averaging a little bit more, if the Raiders' were a- offense was averaging 22.8 like their defense is averaging 22.8, they'd probably have four wins right now. I mean, just straight up, they probably have four wins right now as opposed to where they're at, right? Instead of two and three, they'd probably be four and one. And the only one is that beatdown that they took to Buffalo. And clearly Buffalo's a pretty good team, a lot better than I even thought they were that week two action. So, again, ifs and buts, and we all know the rest of the saying. So, I mean, that, that doesn't matter now. You've got to go out there and, and you've got to win the games that are in front of you. This game coming up on Sunday, very winnable. I guarantee the people in New England, as we had Mike Giardi on earlier, said – they want to get right this week against the, the, the Raiders. Every team on the schedule, you know, when they play Chicago, they're going to say, you know what, the Raiders are very winnable to game. When they play Detroit, they're going to say it's a very winnable game. You know, I mean, and, and Detroit's a good team, obviously, but there's, there's teams on the schedule that don't look like they're real strong opponents to us, but I promise you those teams are looking at the Raiders coming up and saying, yeah, they're not a strong team. Yeah, we could beat them just like the Raiders are having that same approach. So they need to go out there and they need to handle their business and make sure that they do win the games that they're supposed to win. Uh, Rob in Oakland hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. I think many fans confuse accountability with cause. Head coaches are accountable for everything that happens on the field, are judged by wins and losses, and get fired on that basis. But that's different than the head coach being the reason for individual failures. Van Roten missed a stunt against the Chargers that led to a max sack. I can't blame Josh McDaniels that because players have to take initiative to play the game with anticipation, intelligence, and awareness. Josh McDaniels might not be the right head coach for us, but the analysis is more complicated than blaming him for everything that goes wrong. That's Rob in Oakland, and that's kind of echoing what Lincoln Kennedy tells us each Tuesday and Thursday when he joins the show. Coaches coach, players play. Coaches could only do so much, and the players have to take the initiative to go and get it done. Perfect example uh, Gerard Cherry, who I've done some shows with on uh, ESPN National, who played for the, the Patriots and won three rings, he tells me all the time, Q, and he's actually in Cleveland right now at ESPN Cleveland as well, he tells me all the time, Q, in, we were in, in, in New England, like our locker room policed what we did. We had leaders, like obviously like Brady. We had guys like Brewski. We had other guys that, you know, like Richard Seymour. We had, you know, Will Fork. We had guys that if the locker room and the players weren't executing on the field, you know what they did? They said, hey, we as a unit in this locker room need to get right. The game plan is right. The coaches are, are hitting the right buttons. We as a team aren't executing. And they, and they took responsibility. It's just like for me, and I like to dumb it down to, to radio shows because that's all I know. Like if I come out and this show ends at 5 o'clock and I say, you know what, Ari, that show sucked, I'm not going to blame Ari. I'm going to blame me. I'm going to say this is on me. Now, there may be issues that Ari had on the back end, right? But it's not going to be on him because I'm the engineer. I'm the guy with the name behind it. I'm the guy with, you know, it's, it's on me. So, and that's the same thing when I do my show tonight, right, game night. If it's not good, it's not going to be because the people in the back end didn't do it right. It's because Q screwed up or had a bad day or was off or whatever. Like, you got to take accountability for your actions. And these players are no different. If Van Roten misses a block or Illuminor misses a block or Miller misses a block or whatever the case may be, or a wide receiver runs a, a wrong route or Jimmy G short arms the ball, like, no one's really brought that up either. Monday night, 
he had he had Michael Mayer wide open on, along the sideline. He stepped up, which was good. He looked like he was going to start running, and then he threw the ball towards the sideline and just missed him. And I'll tell you, Michael Mayer would probably still be running if he had connected on that pass. He was wide open, and it was a little bit of improv by Jimmy, so I give him credit for that, but then he short-armed it. He just missed the throw. That had nothing to do with Josh McDaniels. That had to do with the bad execution of the play. So I, I like how Rob breaks that down because, again, that goes back to what Lincoln Kennedy tells us every single Tuesday and Thursday. And, and if you, you don't he, ever hear him say it, go back and listen. He always says, Q, coaches coach, players play. Let's go out to the OC. Let's talk to our guy, John, from Orange County. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's going on, Q? How you doing? Chilling, man, chilling. All right. So, you know, it's the O-line, man. Um, it looked good without a Luminor there. Like I said, I hate to call yeah. the person out because they was hurt, but it looked better. But also, I feel like that side was a whole lot better when uh, Foster was there. That dude, was a, he was a monster at blocking. Yeah. He, he helped set it up. And uh, now that Illuminor's deodorant is gone, he's kind of stinging it up, unfortunately. You know, as yeah. far as – and then as far as the second question, man – I took my wife to her first – well, she was my girl at the time, but took her to a first Raider game a couple years back, and let's just say I went out with the fellas and got too wet the night before. Man, Q, we ain't make it to that game till halftime. <laughs> I was still <laughs> I understand that, brother. <laughs> Boy, when I tell you she was hot, I got it. I ain't sober up to the third quarter, and the Raiders lost on top of that. Man, I understand. Great stuff, man, great stuff. That's funny. Well, hey, look, it, it worked out well. He's he said it's her his wife now. So wife had we had a baby and everything. So. Yeah, see, so no, you're you're hey man, you won. At the end of the day, you still won. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Q man. All right, hey. nation, take care. Let's not uh, we don't want to stick our chest too much out for this uh, Patriot game either. That's right. That's right. I didn't. I didn't. We didn't seen this recipe before. We should win it, and then well, yeah, we we know we right. know what happened. Been there, done that. Yep. Hey, John, great call, man. Great call. And congratulations. See, it worked out well. I mean, it didn't start out great. It looked like it was a bad a bad direction, but it worked out well. You know, it ended up becoming his wife, and they had a baby and everything. So that's a good thing. I'll remember one great memory of going to the Coliseum, and this is what I, I tell everybody. And I told the wife this. Uh, I told her this before she ever made it to her first game. And, matter of fact, her first game at the Coliseum and her only game at the Coliseum was the last game at the Coliseum against the Jaguars. But for years I had told her, all you need to do is go to one Raider game and experience it firsthand. And, obviously, all I knew was the Coliseum because that's all that I had ever been to, right? I never even made it to L.A. I was a, I'm a Bay Area dude through and through, so I was a Coliseum cat. And even, you know, living in Texas, I was like, man, we just got to get to one game in uh, – in Oakland, and, and you'll understand what I'm talking about and understand what, what I mean by the environment and the atmosphere and how fantastic it is. And so our, our really good friends, uh, Anna and Rob, they, they live in the Bay right now. Uh, they, they, they provided us with some tickets. Uh, they made it a- able for us to go to the game, uh, that last game of the, of the year at the, uh, or in the Coliseum against the Jaguars, the last game that there ever was at the Oakland Coliseum. We had a huge tailgate party. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was incredible. And obviously the Raiders ended up losing that game, but it was still a fun experience. And, uh, you know, the wife had a great time. But that's what it was all about, man, just getting out there one time. Just get out there one time and experience in that whole type of atmosphere, and it kind of changed your life. And, you know, the wife still has a hoodie 
uh, Raiders hoodie that she was wearing. Somebody stole a chair because that was going on at the end of the game. People were stealing chairs, like breaking the chairs and wanting to leave with them and taking the, uh, you know, the cup holders off and, you know, just taking their, their souvenirs from the Coliseum, I should say. So crazy, man. Like the chair is broken already. The guy has it in his hand and some security guard for some dumb reason, still I don't to this day don't understand why, is like chasing him like he's telling him to bring the chair back. It's already broke. Like what are you going to do with it? Right? I mean, even if, if the guy said, all right, here, here's the chair back, like, what are you going to do with it? You're not going to fix it. It's literally broken. So you already have to replace it. So what the hell? Why, why chase a guy? Anyway, long story short, he chased the dude, and they're running out of the Coliseum. They're running out of the, you know, the, from the tunnel and everything. Dude's trying to get out of the, out of the collie with the chair. Dude runs right by us, and the chair, the bolt on the chair literally scratches the wife's arm, and it cuts a hole in, her, in the hoodie. So she's got a hole in the hoodie to this day, and she had a nice little battle scratch on her arm, but it wasn't it wasn't anything too bad. I mean, you know, it, was, it looked like it t- her, turned her arm a little bit red, but that was like a that was like you know street cred. You know, she was like, I went to the Coliseum. Not only did I witness somebody steal a chair, but my hoodie got ripped. I got a hole in it. I got my arm cut, and it was all good. I survived. Like you know, it, it still had a hell of a time, even though they lost. But it was a great it was a great time out and you know just to see all the camaraderie and and all the you know everyone just having a great time out there and the of course the the tailgate party that we had was incredible I mean it was we met so many friends that are still friends to this day because of that tailgate party it was it was just an incredible experience but that's what it was all about I always told anybody may you go to one game and I promise you it's going to change your life and change your outlook on on everything and that's that's for me that's what it was all. Uh, that was all it was about, man. That's and I would love to see that. And you know, the tailgate parties aren't like that at Allegiant. Everything's not always going to be the same. Uh, the stadium is incredible. Tailgate party is not quite the same. But the experience at the Collie, man, that 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 uh that tailgate party was like no other. You come walking off the the Bart, you know, I'll get off the train and walk across the bridge and walk down the ramp and you look around and Raider Nation's got the flags flying, footballs are flying, uh, you know, the music's pumping, smoke barbecue, weed, whatever it is, that smoke is, is flying. I mean, everything, it was just a whole different ball game, right? You look around, you see 880 right there. You see, you know, Oracle Arena right there. You see the field. You know, you hear Hammer, Oak Town. And, and, I mean, you just knew that that was the soundtrack, right? The soundtrack was always going to be incredible, and you had 65,000 friends. It, it didn't matter who you were, where you were from, if you were from Hayward, if you were from Pleasanton, if you were from the, uh, uh, Pittsburgh, you're from uh, across the bridge or wherever you come from out of town. It didn't matter who you were or where you're from. Castro Valley didn't matter what you look like, what your tax bracket was, what your political beliefs were. None of that mattered for at least that three hours. Now, after that three hours, it might be a different ball game, right? Then you're on your own. But at, for those three hours, man, nothing mattered except for those colors and that shield, silver and black. And the shield, and that was the different. That was just what it was, and everyone got along. Win, lose, tie, everyone was all good. Like I said, after that, different ball game. But man, it was it was something that if you never experienced it, it's it's a shame because man, it's something that you can never ever forget. Just how how it made you feel going into that place, and 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 just like I said, getting ready for a game, watching the game, and even after the game, enjoying uh, all the the sights and sounds of what was then the Oakland Coliseum. Let's go back out to the phone lines real quick. Talk to our guy, Raider Reggie. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's going on, Q? Chilling, man, man. chilling. I've always tried to call in early, try to get in early on the calls, and I take what I can get. 
But now I changed my whole thought that I was going to have because when you're talking about a game that changed your, like, whole respect for the Raiders or your whole expectation for the Raiders, when I was in the Bay Area and they left to L.A., I was on the I was on the fence with just stop rooting for teams or try my best to stick with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And because they were in L.A., I wasn't going to games that I was too young to be trying to travel by myself until I got the opportunity. The best game I ever been to, one of the best games I think the Raiders had, was December first, uh, um, nineteen eighty-seven, I believe. And it was when they was in Seattle. I got to go visit my cousin in Seattle and be at that game when Bo Jackson went crazy on him. Monday night and football. I was just, yeah, Monday night too. So, man, I think that game right there pulled me all the way back in. I, I begged and screamed and hollered for my stepdad to buy season tickets, man. And started going traveling down to L.A. So I just when I started hearing about these games, man, Bo Jackson really brought me back because my original reason for liking the Raiders, believe it or not, I lived in Chicago, Illinois at the time. I was only nine years old. But my favorite player at that time was Kenny King. Mm. And I, I moved to Oakland in 1975. I get a chance to go to a game that year, and they traded Kenny King away. Hmm. I was just like, dang. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, man, I'm I'm glad that even now I be having those vibes at certain tailgates and certain games. That Baltimore game, our first game last year, I think it was. When they was let fans game. in the stands? Yeah. The yeah, that was Monday Night Football. That was – uh, yeah, that was 2021. Hook. Yep. Yeah, 21. Yep. So that was off the hook. Man, I appreciate hearing you all the time. I appreciate being on. But shout out to Raider Nation for always coming through, especially my uh, rock star crew. We all showed up on uh, the other night with you guys, and that was a lot of fun at Red Tail. So, everybody, Raider Nation, unite. Raiders, let's go. Yeah, there goes Raider Reggie. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Great memories. And, you know, I mean, we, like I said, we talk about the current team. We talk about our frustrations. We talk about what we like. But sometimes it's good to talk about the memories, too. You know, it, it really is. And, and I could go back and share so many memories of, you know, just me and my homeboy Daniel, man, crossing the bridge, hustling tickets, right? We start – we get off of BART. We start at the beginning of the bridge, we buy some tickets. We get to the middle of the bridge, we sell some tickets. We get to the end of the bridge, we buy some more tickets and have enough money to get snacks, right? I mean, it's just simple as that, right? I mean, just simple homeboy on homeboy type stuff, right? I mean, it's just there's so many memories that, that, that we could share about, you know, growing up and, and what really got us hooked with the silver and black. And, you know, hopefully if we raise our kids right, then our kids can sell, give the same stories of, oh, well, this is what my, did, my dad did and this, that, and the other. And, yeah, the, I mean, the, the memories go on and on and on. The stories go on and on and on. And sometimes it's refreshing to, to hear them. Sometimes it's refreshing to understand why a person became a Raider fan instead of always the being and mowing about this ain't going right or this coach sucks or this player or that. Or that. I mean, sometimes it's just it's like, all right, damn, enough is enough. Let's talk about something that, you know, is, is positive or makes you put a smile on your face. 
I mean, again, it can't be all rainbows and puppy, puppy dogs. I ain't never going to try to blow smoke up your backside and make you feel like that. But at the same time, it's always good to think of the positive. We always harp on the negative all the time. Let's think of the positive. Think about what made you come around to where we're at at this stage of the game right now. 431 is the time. We'll come back, get a couple more calls, get a few more texts. Plus, we got some more locker room sound to get to as we close out the show. About 25, 26 minutes left. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Mailman Raider hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line, and we got a lot of feedback on today's show, and we do appreciate you. 69187, keyword R&R. Just a side note real quick, if you're ever looking for a podcast version of this show or any other show that we have here at Raider Nation Radio 920, like the Morning Tailgate from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Clay Baker, Lindsey Brown, and Vinny Monsignor, or JT the Brick from noon to 2, if you miss any of the action here on the station, you could always go to your number one go-to should always be lvsportsnetwork.com. That's lvsportsnetwork.com. We recently uh, upgraded our website, so it's not a cluster F like it used to be. It's awesome. Uh, it's very understandable. It's very easy to navigate. It's not what it used to be. So uh, much thanks to everyone at Lotus, everyone that spearheaded that. Shout out to Melissa and Natalie who are all over it. Of course, Doug doing a lot of uh, fine work. And Jared, we definitely appreciate them. Uh, they've made their website a bazillion times better than what it used to be. So if you ever have a chance to check it out, lvsportsnetwork.com. Again, I cannot finish. I cannot thank these guys and, and, and ladies enough for all the hard work they did in the background. Ari, you know how long it's been uh, from the oh, website yeah. where it was at one point to where it's at now. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It really is. Yeah, I don't mean to brag, but, yeah, it looks it looks amazing now. It does. Um, and I'll just add to your uh, what you're saying. Yeah, th- th- I also tweet out the show every day on Raider Nation Radio. So worst case, if you uh, didn't catch what Q just said, uh, the link is there too, the actual yep. LVSportsNetwork.com link. So just hop on there and, and, and check it out. Yeah, yeah, there's there's been a few little issues that we've had in, in some great – uh, listeners have reported to us that like Spotify has been tripping and Apple Podcasts has been tripping a little bit. Uh, that's that's one scenario. But like I said, if you're ever just looking for shows, it's everything. Every single show, every single minute is at LVSportsNetwork.com. Of course, that's brought to you by Porta Subs as well, so we definitely appreciate them. But you can always find it on our new and improved. We got a lot of new and improved at Lotus, man. I'm telling you, you want to talk about some folks that are coming through like the first of the month with their stones swinging, right? I mean, man, I'm telling you, that's – that's awesome. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I love it. I love the improvements that have gone on from the studios to the website to, to everything, right? It's just it's a lot of stuff is, is, is new and improved, and I think they've been doing a fine job uh, with it. And there's a lot of people that go unnamed all the time and unnoticed all the time uh, with all their fine work, so we definitely appreciate them. But back to the text real quick. Uh, Mailman Raider hit us up and said, I don't know, Q, when you say we all fam at the Oakland tailgate, I went to the – to the one the last year in Oakland, and this dude was going around with a giant-ass wine glass full of tequila asking all the fans to take a shot out of it. I was about to do it until I seen all the floaters in the cup. 
I love you, dog, but not that much. Laughing my ass off. Yeah, that's – I mean, look, I ain't telling you to go be unsanitary. <laughs> I mean, you know, you still got to have some kind of responsibility. You still got to somewhat take care of yourself and don't, you know, don't get all wild. But, yeah, I, it's funny, though, you say that because we were at that last game against the Jaguars, December 15th, uh, what, 2019, right? That was the last one? Yeah, 2019, December 15th. That was the date. Um yeah, because 2020 was the COVID year. So, yeah, we were all there. And I at this huge tailgate party that we had for the Locked On Podcast Network, it was great, man. I mean, Anna and Rob and, and Selena and, and many others, like Redbeard Raider, all put this thing together. It was incredible, right? But I remember at one point, and I can't remember exactly what beverage it was, there was a point where there was somebody standing in the back of a truck bed, and they're like, yeah, take a shot of this. And I remember thinking – yeah, I'm not working. That's not a bad idea. And then I think the wife looked at me like, are you serious? <laughs> like, this is bound to fail. And so I don't think I did it. And if I did, maybe it wasn't as much as I thought I was going to. I don't remember exactly what it is. I know the wife's around here somewhere. I don't want to put her on the spot and make her uh, tell what happened. But it was, it, was, it was a hell of a party, I can say that. And I wasn't working. It was one of the few times that I went to a game in the last five or six years where I wasn't actually working. So I had a good time. I had a jersey on. I mean, it was it was like kick it time. It really was. So we, we had a good time just, you know, sending the Coliseum out the right way. Uh, but, yeah, there was so many good times. I don't know how I ended up on a mic, but I did. I ended up, like, emceeing somebody else's party. I mean, it was just it was just wild, right? I mean, just whatever happened, happened. It was really cool. But I remember one dude who, uh, like I said, I, I ended up emceeing this little party, and I think the dude looked at me and was like, hey, dude, that's my job. So I gave him the mic back. But he was like, who's this guy uh, taking over the mic here? And so, yeah, there's that. Um, got a text from the 530. Q, I was a season ticket holder before the Raiders left Oakland. Boy, you described the Coliseum to a T. Music, smoke, and 65,000 friends. Uh, this one's from Raiders Chavez in the 916. The best game I ever went to. Uh, was the game against the Titans that took us to the Super Bowl. That was the loudest I ever heard that Coliseum. That's Raider uh, Chavez in the 916. Uh, Brad in Concord, he switched up the conversation. He said, I don't know what it would take to get this O-line going, maybe scramble it around and uh, reposition certain players not named Colton. I don't see how it could be that much worse in doing so. And uh, that's kind of what they did last year, right, until they f- figured out what pieces fit where and, and how they were successful. And then he goes on to talk about his best memory at the Coliseum. He said, was meeting the twos when I was seven when they used to come out after. The worst was that Monday night football game years and years ago when the Chiefs stunned us at the last minute. Leaving that place was the most shocked I've seen the fans. I was also at the game when Pastorini broke his leg, and I got in trouble from my dad for cheering for that injury, along with the whole Coliseum wanting Plunkett. That's Brad and Concord. And, yeah, you can't cheer for uh, for injuries at all. And, uh, yeah, that's that's that. That Kansas City game, though, that you mentioned, that Monday night football game, that was Elvis Gerbach to Andre Bad Moon Rising, who would go on later to be a member of the Silver and Black. I was at my mom's house, man. I was sitting there in the bonus room watching the game, and that play happened. And Andre Bad Moon Rising got behind Eric Turner, rest in peace. And as soon as that ball was completed, my mama's house phone, and we had a house phone, that thing rang. And I knew immediately who it was. I knew it was my boy Corey. And as soon as the phone rang, I was like, I'm not answering it. I'm not answering I don't want to hear him at all. And a couple seconds later, my mom's like, hey, boy, phone's for you. I was like, yeah, I know. So I answered, yes, Corey. I didn't even have to, I didn't even have to say hello because I knew who it was. I was like, yes, Corey. And all he kept saying is, Elvis Gerbach? Elvis Gerbach? 
Elvis mother blanking Gerbach. And I was like, bye, Corey. Like, bye, Felicia. Bye, Corey. Click, hung up on him. That's all I needed. And, look, back then I had a pager. So I didn't have to have the option of – I didn't have to pick up the phone. Like, you get your cell phone, it starts blowing up. You just answer it just for the hell of it. Then my pager starts going off. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I could turn this thing off. I ain't tripping. So – but, man, that was – oh, that was miserable. And Andre Badman rising, getting behind Eric Turner. like, and, and this is – Eric Turner was still alive, obviously, so I could talk bad. And I was like, look, the only job you have is not to let somebody get behind you. Don't let somebody get behind you. And he got behind him, and he made that catch, and he went and did his little Spider-Man or Spider-Monkey thing on the, on the pole. And that didn't sound right. That sounded like he was at a strip club. But, no, he did. He went and jumped on and – Put his wrapped his legs around the damn pole on you know the uh, the up bar whatever the crossbar you know what I'm talking about I'm getting angry just thinking about this damn thing so I, I better I better not even get involved in that I'm getting fired up Ari's telling me to take a call Mitch in Sacramento give a, go ahead man what's on your mind <laughs> welcome to uh, the man, show <laughs> I gotta tell you this memory um, I think it was 17 or 18 it was one of the last times we beat the Chiefs and I never did well in the the tailgate in the parking lot because I looked like Derek Carr so everybody would harass me. Uh, it was fun. But, uh, you know, in, in D-Lot at the Black Hole tailgate party with the homies, with the mask, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, we would always be drinking tequila. Tequila <laughs> Modelo's all day long. I don't nice. remember what game it was. It was a night game. It was a Monday, Sunday, Thursday night. I'm not sure. We beat them, though. Yeah. And uh, I was heading into the Coliseum after being uh, in the tailgate all day, and there was these two dudes. And I should have known better once I saw them with, with what they were holding in their hand. They had a little bit of fireball, a handle of fireball left. They were like, we got to finish it before we go in. And I was like, can't help you, bro. I cannot help you. And they were like, come on, don't be a you-know-what. And I was yeah. like, you know what? I'm three sheets to the wind, and I'm definitely not one. So give me that thing. And I took a big old swig, man. And I tell you what, I woke up in the third quarter. Wow. In my seat next to my dad. I woke up from everybody screaming and shaking me. Like, ah! We're winning. We scored touchdowns. Oh, man. My dad told me the story how he found me in the bathroom. Oh, dude. Never again. <laughs> but it was so freaking worth it, man. Right. But, man, never again would I even get close to losing control like that. But that was one of my favorite memories, even though it was the worst one, because it happened and I was there. And the, the way the stadium erupted when we scored that go-ahead touchdown and woke up and I got to – you know, experience the rest of the game and bounce back with some Coliseum food. Was that venue. was that the uh, was that the game where Michael Crabtree caught the touchdown like multiple yes. times? Yes. Yep. That was yes. a Thursday night. That was Thursday yeah, night. Marshawn got kicked out of that game. I remember that. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 Oh man, that game was so fun. But I just wanted to share that with you. I miss it. I love the Raiders, man, and I appreciate you guys taking these memories today. It took me back. So. Absolutely. Hey, great stuff, Mitch. That's Mitch in Sacramento, and yeah, Fireball boy, that'll get you every time. That'll get you every time. That fireball, woo, you got to make some life decisions if you start drinking that. <laughs> you have to make some life decisions. I had a homegirl in Texas um, named Christy. She was an older lady, and all she always drank was uh, a double fireball shot. This is what she would order when we were at the bar, a double fireball shot and an unsweet tea. And I always told her, why you get an unsweet tea when that fireball is sweet as it gets anyway? What's the difference? A little extra sugar in your sweet tea ain't going to hurt you. But she always ordered an unsweet tea and a double shot of Fireball. And then she was good. That was it. That was all she was going to drink. And then she would always say, Q, uh, go and have one with me. And I would look at her like, ah, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of good. And she's like, Q, 
I already ordered you one. I was like, damn. All right. So I never had the unsweet tea. I was never an unsweet tea guy. But the fireball shot, I was like, all right, Chrissy said I got to take it, so I got to take it. That peer pressure, man, she twisted my arm, so I had to do it. But uh, thank you, Mitch, for that call. Good stuff, man. Definitely appreciate you. A lot of great texts coming through. We definitely appreciate that. Let's keep the party rolling, man. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, close out the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got a couple more texts I want to get to as we close out the show on this Wednesday. Big ups to the guests that we had from Mike Giardi from Boston Sports Journal, talking all things Patriots, Ari Mayrov, 3013.com, talking all things NFL, and, of course, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports, who was at Michelob Ultra Arena, talking all things Aces and UNLV. Looking forward to tomorrow's show as we get a little bit closer and a little bit closer to another game day, which, is, of course, is coming up on Sunday against the New England Patriots. Uh, got this text from the 530. Hey, Q, big ups on the new website. Here in Cali, we really rely on it for our daily Raider content. No more pulling my hair out or throwing my phone across the room. Thanks. Absolutely. And you know what? I used to do the same thing. I used to do the same thing. So, yes, our new website is fantastic. Again, there was a lot of people that put a lot of work in to make that thing happen behind the scenes, and uh, it is it is fantastic. When I check it out, I'm just super excited. So I'm glad that you're able to uh, – to see that as well. Appreciate you. Uh, this is a text from Raider J in Monterey. He says, hey, Q, it's all connected, bro. My handle on the Raiders forum I mentioned earlier on your show uh, is the Jack uh, Jack 29 in honor of Eric Turner. May he rest in peace, silver and black to the bone. There you go. Yeah, E.T., man. I liked Eric Turner a lot. He was a hell of a player. Uh, I believe that, and I could be wrong, but didn't the Raiders get him when he originally a Cleveland Brown? And then he was a Baltimore Raven, and, and then the Raiders were able to pick him up or something like that. I, I believe he came from Cleveland. But, man, he was a hell of a player. I was excited when uh, E.T. joined the team. And so, yeah, rest in peace. And uh, I hate the fact that the one big memory that I have of Eric Turner is that play with Andre Risen getting behind him. That stunk. I Man, I was so upset by that play. But, you know, ish happens, right? Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up and said, Q and Ari, fantastic topic today. My least favorite memory while sitting at the Coliseum has to be the Monday night game when we lost versus Kansas City when Andre Risen caught the game when it touched down the last play of the game. Boom, we just talked about that. Q, I literally sat in my seat for 35 minutes and didn't say a word. On the flip side, best memory has to be when we beat Tennessee Titans in the AFC Championship game. The pregame festivities, though, included Metallica in the parking lot. They performed right in front of us, and it was electric. Of course, nothing could beat a Raiders tailgate as we were there at 6 a.m. Oh, man, I'll never forget that day. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, man, uh, that, that's the thing. Used to remember lining up in front of the Coliseum for hours. I remember my mom, and this is when I was working in Stockton at Kaywin. my mom lined up, and I think she was parked on 880 right before that Baltimore Ravens Raiders uh, playoff game where Tony Zaragoza, uh, you know, belly flopped on Rich Gannon. But we were all there. You know, my mom was waiting to, for the gates to open up, and uh, me and my boy Corey were rolling in. And unfortunately, Corey, from the heart and soul of Oakland, California, was a Ravens fan. Another conversation. But he was a Ravens fan, and uh, he was riding in with me, and I was just getting off work. And right before we got there to the game, we stopped at the liquor store. So it was super early. I had just got off doing overnights in Stockton, drove in, stopped at the liquor store, picked up some drink, and uh, went up and met with my mom, who was already there waiting to get into the parking lot. And we had us a hell of a party, probably too much of a party, but it was a party, say the none the least. And, of course, the game didn't shake out the way it was supposed to, but, you know, it is what it is. Got a text from the 626. What website is this, Q? I joined the show late. Well, shame on you for that, but it's LV 
sportsnetwork.com. LV, the letters LV, sportsnetwork.com. You can find all our shows, including Unnecessary Roughness, including JT the Brick, including The Morning Tailgate, all there for podcasting. If you miss any part of the show, you have there's an interview you want to go check out. It's so easy to navigate, which is, man, night and day compared to what it used to be. So it is fantastic. It's super easy to, to work. And anything that you need, you want to find out information about contests, whatever, it's all right there. One-stop shop. You can listen live to any of our many stations that we have, all at lvsportsnetwork.com. I cannot thank the people that handled all the business behind the scenes enough for making that website what it is to this day. Until tomorrow, Radio Nation, take care of yourself. Uh, make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate. That's Vinny, that's Clay, and that's Lindsay at 7 a.m. on Radio Nation Radio 920. Have a good night. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.